Hi, welcome again to the latest issue of the Employco HR podcast. I'm Rob Wilson, and with me uh, is my partner, Scott Wilson. Hello. And Jason Eisen, our vice president of HR. Hi, everybody. And Nikki Navarro, working the board. So thanks for joining us. This week, the uh, the topic uh, is uh, sexual harassment in the workplace. It's a very, uh, very, very timely this is topic. It's a hot topic. It's on the news all the time. You know, now with uh, all the recent high-profile examples like Harvey Weinstein, where there's uh, dozens, uh, you know, 30, 40 people that are uh, claiming uh, allegations anywhere from rape to harassment uh, in the workplace sparked the uh, the hashtag MeToo on social media. Yeah, right. Sorry to uh, Jason Ford, uh, Ford Motor Company in uh, this current year. Yeah, there was a, a $10 million lawsuit, a settlement that Ford settled with the EEOC, and they're paying former employees and current employees over $10 million uh, in light of some, se- part of it was sexual, part of it was race. I think there was a, uh, a lot of female and black employees that were discriminated against, so Ford settled to give the employees $10 million. There was a couple uh, plants in the Chicago area, actually, that uh, are going to have to now go through not only the $10 million settlement, but a three-year process with the EEOC to get training and evaluation and make sure they're on the, on the straight and narrow and like do the good training that they're supposed to and, and adhere to their company policies. You had Uber this year. They uh, fired 20 employees following 215 harassment claims. So. Yeah, that was all over the news. I remember that. Yeah, it, it, Uber had a pretty widespread environment and culture that it was harassment was pretty rampant across the organization. Yeah, I mean, it runs everywhere. We're, for our listeners, we're based outside of Chicago and Illinois. They even had to have uh, sexual harassment training classes for the Illinois House and the Illinois Senate. So, I mean, it's it's everywhere, and it shouldn't be. I mean, someone should be able to come to their work and be able to work without being harassed. Right. Given that, Jason, do you want to give us a quick, uh, on the HR side, definition, a little history on uh, sexual harassment? Sure. It uh, it became unlawful in the workplace in 1964 as part of uh, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. So the the, uh, legal boring definition is it's unwelcome conduct and it affects someone's employment. There are two types, uh, quid pro quo, which is Latin for something for something or this for that. Basically, quid pro quo is when uh, typically, a supervisor will promise an advancement, a promotion, pay raise for an employee in exchange for a date or some kind of romantic encounter. Uh, and then there's also the hostile work environment where um, it doesn't have to be an, a supervisor to a lower-level employee. It could be just a, a jokes or inappropriate calendar or, or conduct in the office that a reasonable person would find uh, as unwelcome. Right, where you look at someone like Fox News, there, there's you know, nothing against Fox right now, but when you know, is it is it part of a company's culture when you've got the chairman who, uh, Ailes, right, yeah. who passed away? Uh, several cases uh, against him where uh, a number of uh, reporters came out, you know, everyone from Megyn Kelly to uh, a couple of the other reporters that actually left their, their news, and you had Bill O'Reilly there, so you've got a number of, uh, of, of cases at one organization. Is it is it a culture in a, in a company that needs correction? Right. Whereas I think you're saying the uh, quid pro quo, that sounds like the Harvey Weinstein, where it's you've got an individual who's so powerful that everybody's shaking in their boots that, well, if I don't do this, I'm not going to get a job or I'm going to be, Black, you know, yeah, and Black from male. acting. Yeah. So it's just, it's it's terrible. Right. And there were cases in, in, in his where uh, actresses did come out and say, well, I turned him down and... I was blackballed there. I didn't get that. Didn't yeah. get that part. Yeah. So, the uh, 
So as, as, as we move on then uh, to uh, responding to a claim, so your organization, you receive a claim, Jason, what, uh, what should you do? So there's a couple different ways that an organization can receive a claim. It can either be an internal complaint where an employee talks to their supervisor, talks to an HR department representative or the CEO or someone in the executive staff, or it can come from a government agency like the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission or the EOC. If it goes through a government agency, it gets a little bit more technical. There are uh, definitely some uh, compliance issues that employers need to be aware of. How to respond? Do you want to go through mediation where it's voluntary and it doesn't uh, go on the record and maybe there's some kind of settlement as a result of the mediation? Or do you want to go through the formal response to the EEOC uh, complaint and write an official letter and uh, defend your position? So someone has no, uh, no, they don't, a small company or a medium-sized company, they've got some limited HR experience that they, they bring in. Obviously, you know, you've helped a lot of clients with uh, harassment claims. Do, do they try and do it themselves? Do they, uh, do they call someone like yourself? Do they have to hire an attorney? How do you proceed against the EEOC? Yeah, a good first step is, I mean, a company like Employco, we provide uh, support for our clients at no additional cost. So that's kind of built into our, our support and our service for our mm-hmm. clients. But for companies who don't use a, an HR company or have an HR department, yeah, it really depends on how severe and how likely the allegation really did take place. If something is pretty severe, pretty significant, we recommend that you get outside support either through an HR company like ours or through outside legal counsel to, to get some support because you, you could be in some serious trouble. And as soon as the allegation responds, you start. Uh, I would you, you need to start your investigation immediately. Yeah, don't, and take it seriously. Right. Don't destroy records. Start start interviewing people right away. Immediacy is the most important thing. But the, the, the longer it goes with a company investigating, even just if it's an internal complaint, a, a, an employee brings something to their supervisor, manager, a member of management, start investigating immediately. Um, hopefully you can get something in writing from the employee, have them sign it, that their stance and their statement of what happened. You can interview the alleged harasser, any witnesses, start pulling emails or video security tape and things like that. And it's the right thing to do. I mean, really, at the end of the day, you're going to have a better work environment, better productive staff if everybody's happy at their job. Right now, in your investigation, we'd recommend as you're interviewing the different people, uh, in, interviewing groups of two. Yeah, so you've it, got so you don't have uh, as a as a case moves forward, you don't have a he said she said. Sure. So. And ideally, it would be uh, a male and a female in the room interviewing the harasser, the victim, and any witnesses. The, the more you can feel people have people feel at ease and comfortable with identifying with the same gender or same type of person, that the the more likely they'll be open and, and speaking truthfully. Uh, yeah, and so two people in the room interviewing the interviewer and a, kind of another person taking notes or just serving as a witness to what the um, the interviewees are saying. That way, like you said, if there's any trying to attempt at retracting your statement later, you have a, two people in the room who heard the same thing. And it's always a good idea at the as a, an interviewer at the end of the um, session to read back or to explain to, to indicate back to the person how you think it went. So today I heard you say this, and did I understand correctly, this is what you said happened on this date. So then that'll be another way to confirm what... what And then would it make sense to do then a statement based off of that? Absolutely. And the employee and then the interviewers sign Sign off off on it also. Right, correct. That's that's the best way. And if someone isn't willing to sign, that's not the end of the world, but the best way is to get someone to sign the statement Mm -hmm. at the end. And also uh, you want to be upfront that you know, your organization, you don't tolerate, not only do you not tolerate sexual harassment, that you're 
being proactive and taking a stance on this, any retaliation will not be tolerated as well. So you're looking to get to the bottom of the case as uh, as quick as possible. And if it isn't uh, is a, an issue, you need to be able to take corrective action immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in any interview should open and end with we do not tolerate sexual harassment and we do not tolerate retaliation. And, and and even if sexual harassment didn't take place, if there's retaliation, that that will mean immediate discipline up to and including termination. The, uh, also, from an employer liability standpoint, if uh, if the organization has employment practice liability insurance, that's something that they want to uh, they want to file a claim as soon as possible, so that th- uh, the insurance company can can be involved as well, and they typically will provide some additional resources as well. Yeah, and that could include um, their in-network legal counsel to help represent the client. Um, not only just to go through the investigation, but if it does go to trial or form, formulating a response back to the EOC or the government agency, yeah, the, the EPLI coverage will help with the defense and the, the costs. So that's a lot of good advice, Jason. As you, as you, most of the what you see in the media today is all about the, uh, you know, the the claims, but not what do you do and how do you do it. But now, uh, if we let's shift gears and talk about how do we prevent. Uh, tips to prevent cl- prevent a sexual harassment case or even uh, uh, changes in the workplace. There are two two main pieces that every employer, regardless of your size, should should incorporate. One is your policy, uh, so that should be an up to date policy and maybe include gender identity or pregnancy in the sexual harassment uh, policy. So make sure your policy is up to date, it's current, it includes best practices, um, and companies like ours, Employco can help either review your existing one or help you provide a, a new customized policy. In that policy, you encourage employees to report any claims of harassment, either against them or something they've witnessed, to any member of management, any member of human resources, more than one avenue. You don't just strictly uh, restrict them to reporting to a supervisor, because if that's the person who's doing the harassing, then obviously you want to get them Where do they go? Right. Right. Yeah. Then the second part is training. Uh, We recommend both employee and manager training, and that should be separate training sessions. The employee training might be 30 minutes to 45 minutes and talk about what should you do when you feel harassed, what you shouldn't do, uh, where employees feel it's inappropriate conduct. And then manager training obviously goes covers that, but it goes in addition to how what do you do when you get a claim? What do you how do you investigate these problems? Make sure you're aware and uh, pay attention to gossip and don't just let it go. Uh, so employee and manager training is equally as important. Do you find it more effective just having when you do talk about sexual harassment? talking about it just as that subject instead of saying, all right, we're going to handle all the things in our handbook where it kind of gets lost. So it, it's tricky. I, I think it. I think it's beneficial both ways. I think mm-hmm. uh, opening it up to diversity and discrimination as a whole, so not only talking about sexual harassment, because there's other forms of harassment, race and religion and disability, that all employees should also be aware of and, and trained and the policy should cover that. But sexual harassment is so prevalent that it might be beneficial to cover that in its own session and then a few weeks later, six months later, cover the broader range of diversity and discrimination. The uh, And those of our clients that are using our HR app that we have that's uh, available on iTunes and, and uh, Android and Google, we actually have videos for both the employer uh, for manager training and then the employees. So it's an on-demand video that you could use from a training standpoint. That and are pretty, optional tests afterwards. Generous. If the employer wants to have the supervisors and employees take the tests, 
they can actually take a test and say, this is what I've learned from this video. And there so are certain states like California, Maine, Connecticut. For California, for example, has its own requirement that all managers, even in private industry, if the company has at least 50 employees, have to go through at least two hours of sexual harassment training every two years. And then new supervisor, someone promoted into the role or hired into the company as a supervisor, they have to be trained within six months of entering the supervisory role. So outside of those three states, it's a great idea. Most states require it at the government kind of a uh, not private level, but those three states, especially California, require it of private employers also. So then, uh, uh, you know, the goal, goal is, as Scott had said earlier, you know, you want a workplace where everybody feels safe. Everybody, you know, you're here to do a job. You're not here to be harassed. And when you look at the statistics today that, you know, 30% of women have experienced unwanted sexual advances at work. Uh, that was ABC News last And that's week. where you and wonder if it's even higher and people just don't want to admit, you know, right. say that it's happened. So, I mean, it's just because it's such a, you right. know, it's... You know, you know, male, female, you should be able to go to work, you know, and and do your job. And and as an employer, it's your job to ensure that that your workplace is that way. And that way, I think with the training, with seminars, with testing, that's the best way to enforce it. And sw- and as well as swift corrective action, is you know, you may have the you know the the case the quid pro pro quo where it's one person. You need to take swift corrective action and uh, and then get out in front of it back to your organization and let them know that it's not tolerated at your office right. or at your factory or, or whatever your type of business is. Yeah, not only are there the legal costs, the liability, the employee, dis- the potential settlement issues, uh, but obviously it's the right thing to do. You, d- you don't want a workforce where people feel unsafe or unwelcome. It, you'd have a more productive and effective and efficient workforce when everyone feels welcome and, and safe and though they're valued and respected in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of good content today, Jason. Thanks for the uh, thanks And for I'm the willing tips. to bet there's a lot of questions out there, and you can send us at uh, hr at employco.com or uh, info at employco.com. And our phone numbers, the, the general phone number, you can reach any of us in Human Resources at 630-920-0000. Sure if they're speed uh, writing that down, Jason. 630-920-000. <laughs> yeah. you, you so it's oh, 920 but the area code 630. Thanks. Or go to employco.com. That's probably the easiest. That has all of our information on there. Yeah, and that's something if, if your organization, uh, Jason, does conduct uh, uh, sexual harassment uh, and harassment training in general uh, across the country. So it's something that if your uh, your organization needs that type of, uh, of training, you know, whether you're in California and Connecticut and Maine and a few other states where you require the manager training, happy to uh, help. So feel free to uh, reach out to us. And, uh, Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us this week for the uh, for our podcast on sexual harassment. Thank you. Thank and, you, everyone. Uh, look forward to uh, our next podcast in a few weeks. <laughs>